Welcome to Third Angle, where you can find a Spitfire, a train and a racing car all in one room. I'm your host, Paul Haynes, from industrial software company PTC. In this podcast, we share the moments where digital transforms physical and meet the brilliant minds behind some of the most innovative products around the world, each powered by PTC technology. From Spitfires to Concords, when I say the name Airfix, many of you will be flooded with nostalgic memories of working on model kits as a child. Airfix is a much-loved brand, well-known for bringing hours of entertainment to would-be modelers by putting immensely detailed model planes, cars and ships in their hands. But how do they achieve such lifelike accuracy? And in the age of computer-aided design, how have their models evolved over the years? We sent our producer, Hannah Dean, to Hornby Hobbies HQ to find out. Hornby is the parent company of Airfix and other household names like Scalectrix and is also known in its own right for its model trains. In a bit, we'll hear from Jamie Buchanan, Head of Strategic Delivery, but first Hannah met senior designer Chris Parker-Joy, who's involved in the design and development of new kits at Airfix, which is supported by PTC partner PDS Vision. So in this corner of the showroom, we have the display of some of our newer, simple sort of starter kits, ones that we want to try and encourage people into the hobby with. So we've got a range of kind of supercars from modern stuff, like older stuff to modern stuff. So we've got a Jaguar E-Type, we've got an uh, Aston Martin DB5, up to like a Bugatti Chiron. Below that, we've got some of the, the classic jets, so like the Spitfire and to the modern jets like the new F-35, all at the part of the starter range. And we've got some tanks and even the old Mary Rose warship. It is a privilege to be able to work here and, and I have memories as a kid of making Airfix kits. Uh, it's one of the things that I guess fueled my love for just design and, and making and creating, uh, which I now enjoy in all sorts of different areas of life, but uh, it's the thing that gives me the most satisfaction is, is building. And Airfix was absolutely a part of that in my childhood. Of uh, Mostly I made uh, warships. I don't know why, particularly. I didn't live near the sea. Well, maybe I wanted to be near the sea, but <laughs> I think for a lot of people, Airfix has nostalgic memories, something they may have remembered doing with their parents as a kid, but actually you could still do the same thing now and, and hopefully carry on that legacy if, if they have kids and, and sort of keep making these things and passing the skills down through the generations. Here we have... Actually, Airfix is sort of newer range of product called Quick Build. Airfix is a, a product that a lot of people probably have some experience with, but maybe the last time they bought it was some time ago. You know, that, that we, have a, we have a fantastic, really dedicated community of people in the hobby who are encouraging and like, love the stuff that we do, and we love getting interacting with them. But it is a product that we need to get back into the hands of, the, of kids, um, something that's physical, I mean, it's not digital, like actually engages some, something different than just sitting on a screen, you know. So we've been working on product like uh, Quick Build, which is a uh, sort of quick clip together type kit, but you end up with something that is a real representation of an actual product. We have quite a range of skill levels in the product range that we do. So there are, for the really experienced modeler who's been doing it for most of their life, we have some 
super high detail kits, which we'll come on to later, something we're, we've just released over this last year. But you can't start there. It is a, it's a craft to learn to be able to build these things well and paint them up in something that looks realistic and like it's a miniature version of the real thing that's weathered and beaten and been flown around. And that is, a, there's an artistry to it. So when people do it incredibly well, you see a photo and you'd be hard pressed to say that that's a model when it's all been, you know, the right lighting and all that stuff. Even being in it for, a, you know, been doing this job for 10 years, even I can still get tricked <laughs> by the people who are really really skilled at what they do and it's a craft but that takes a long time to learn and so we have simpler kits as well that are more like so quick build is a kind of separate range that I say this kind of clip together it can you can undo it again and rebuild it as many times as you like but we also have the kind of simpler versions of what would be like a classic efforts kit so you you get your glues out and your paints and you build it up over here we have some of more of the, the kind of classic kits for people who have maybe you started there and then you come along a little bit. This is our range of 1 to 70 second scale. So this scale, 1 to 70 second, has, is a lovely small scale. It's ideal if you've not got loads of room in your house, which you know, many of us don't, <laughs> to be able to display the things that, we, that you make. And here's a whole bunch of stuff. A lot of World War II like fighter planes. You've got like Hawker Tempest, you've got uh, some um, Messerschmitts 109, more Spitfires along to some of the kind of Cold War jets over here, uh, like the English Electric Lightning, Douglas Skyhawk. A whole range, mostly aircraft, that as, as our brand's name is Airfix, but actually that isn't to do with the planes, even though we do mostly do planes. But that's actually when the founder of the company, when he started developing plastic products, he was actually making inflatable chairs. And so Airfix, fixing air into a chair to make that, he also really wanted the product, the company name, to be at the start of your phone directory. And so needed to make sure that it began with an A. But it seems to fit very well with the core of our product range now. So that's um, good luck, really. When we're choosing what subjects to go with, obviously everything we do has to be based in history. And there's such a range of options for us. But the things that do, that tried and tested, that do always sell well, is, is still World War II and Cold War stuff. Uh, now we're standing in front of a display that uh, holds the three V-bombers, which are the UK's RAF's answer for like, what could carry a nuclear bomb if that was necessary. So these three aircraft kind of have a bit of a mysticism to them because they obviously never actually participated in that, that sort of warfare, thankfully. But they were really cutting edge for the time. We've recently redone all of these. So Airfix is a, an old company. We've, we've been creating products for a long time. And some stuff that we made in the 70s can still be sold today, although the quality isn't quite the same. You know, the, the molding techniques have improved. The, the CAD software wasn't existent back then, uh, so we can get the detail better. So we've recently redone all three. Hopefully, <laughs> you can see an improvement. <laughs> Something that's quite attractive with these models is just the sheer scale of it. I was lucky enough to be involved with the design of the Vulcan and for all of these kits we tried to go and see at least one example in real life to get measurements and photographs and I was fortunate to get to stand on top of the wing and, and climb around it and it is, it is just enormous on the outside but when you get into the cockpit it's still incredibly tight and cramped and I just feel for the pilots who had to spend hours in these things. I love seeing these kits painted. Uh, I might spend a year or two working on it and in, like knowing it in absolute detail 
but it's always gray you know <laughs> on the on the computer it's gray and in the plastic that i build these test shots it's still gray and so when seeing it after a skilled modeler has has painted it and weathered it and put their attention to the detail it suddenly comes alive and looks like a whole different thing um, and that's part of the joy of this product that we we let it go half finished in a way you know the thing you get in the box isn't isn't a finished product you've got to finish it you've got to put it together and paint it and make it yours and so no two will ever actually finish identical to each other and it's always got a little bit of the modeler how do they picture it how do they see it like how much weathering do they want to add to it uh, all that sort of thing is wonderful experience to see one of the wonderful things about Hornby as a, as a whole company is the range of brands that we have. So obviously I am uh, most passionate about Airfix. It's the, it's the area that I work in and, and I love, the, love that product. But we also have Scalectrics and uh, Hornby Railways and, and Corgi Diecast. But the Scalectric stuff always has a certain appeal of just playfulness to it. And so this part of the showroom, we have quite a few tracks uh, set up in different, uh, different ranges. This set that we have in front of us is quite a, a playful one. It's, it's like movie based. So we've got a DeLorean from Back to the Future and we've got Kit, the car from Knight Rider. Should we see who's fastest? Let's go. Let's go. Which one am I? I have no idea. Well, we'll soon find out. <laughs> Now we're just being very cautious. I don't want to sure we can get a little bit more. No, oh, I've gone! Flipped out. There you go. Still, that is great. Uh, timeless fun. Hello, I'm Jamie Buchanan, Head of Strategic Delivery. So this is our visitor centre. Uh, we opened this probably 15 years ago. Um, um, so this just takes you through sort of the history of each of the brands, um, sort of how the various different brands started off. Lots of people come in here and, oh, I, I remember this, or I've got one of these still up in my loft, yeah, in its box. I used to have this as a child and my, my grandfather bought this for me and everything. So there's, there's always a lovely, warm story about these types of products. And I think that's why people are drawn to our, our products. Um, it's that nice sort of warm, fuzzy feeling that you had um, playing with this as a, as a toy. Um, and then later on in life, you then start to want to get back into into the hobby um, and then it becomes a hobby and a passion and you start building some sort of really complex layouts that you'll see later on we've got some some lovely big layouts um, in our museum here so, so what we're looking at now is what we call a fiddling yard um, a fiddling yard is a, a long thin layout um, this is probably about three meters by about a, a meter deep and unlike traditional layouts where locos go round and round in circles all these can do is just, just go backwards and forwards this is more about trying to do the logistics of running a railway layout so you've got to move this loco from this side of the fiddling yard to that side of the fiddling yard so you have to do it via sort of a complex system of points moving the right things at the right time and making sure that you're, you're not leaving wagons or locos or coaches in the wrong place um, to try and achieve your, your end goal that you want to achieve. Equally, layouts aren't all about driving trains. Some people are really, really passionate about building their, their model layout, and you can see here, um, this is very sort of detailed, um, there's lots of light, there's sound, um, the lights are dimmed, there's, um, yeah, it's, it's meant to be a nighttime scene here, guys working at night, there's buildings with lights on. Um, so it's, it's not all about driving your, your loco um, on your layouts, it's also about um, the whole passion of modeling and, and just losing yourself really into your own little scale model world for a few hours. 
so un- unlike the the layout that we saw earlier which which uh, what i referenced as a fiddling yard which was some track going back and forth this is this is a more of a traditional layout which is two ovals um so two locos running around um pulling some uh, rolling stock of wagons um there's a small siding that goes into a, a goods yard and then in the middle there's just a small scene of a town um so there's a there's a backdrop of some swiss mountains and then there's a this is a made of foam um, there's a foam mountain at the end with a tunnel going into it and the locos run through the through the mountain and back out the other side and this is that piece where you look at it as an adult and then look at it as a child is very different when a child squatted down here and the loco comes out that tunnel the excitement is, is really fantastic so when we choose to do some sounds for a locomotive it's very important that we get those sounds correct for the the particular product that we're doing so we send very similar to to the the equipment that we we're recording this podcast on and we send guys out with microphones and recording equipment they record the the loco the real loco and that's prototypical to the the model that we want to put it on those recordings are then um, sent to into some guys that have got some studio software and they're able to divide that that sort of sounds up clean out all the ambient sound um, because generally it's out in the the outside world and there's birds chirping and people shouting and, and stuff so you clean out all of that and then you're able to then slice it up to get the whistle and the the chuffing sound and then we have to break the chuffing up so that you can then sync that with the speed and the the, the movement of the pistons on the locomotive so everything's everything is in line so it's quite complex in what we do for the sounds of our locomotives and the trains go around the track so this is the the ultimate layout this is probably oh, nigh on eight meters long at some areas three meters wide um, massive big hornby train layout um, and there's all sorts of scenes there's a bustling village high-speed train going round. it goes through a, an industrial area off into the countryside um, there's some windmills there's lights there's sound um, and then there's another town at the far end um, running and there's some freight um, running and then we've got some steam locomotives with sort of the again prototypical coaches um, mark three coaches and orient coaches um, that I can see they're being pulled by some steam locomotives. We're quite a, a blended group of, of um, young, old, male, female across our, our departments and I think that, that's what really keeps us vibrant, buoyant, um, interested. It, it, you know, Chris has been here 10 years, I've been here 30 plus years um, and we're not the odd people. Yeah, many, many people have worked here longer, much longer than me um, and I would say we don't have a massive turnover of, of staff here because um, to be truthful, you're designing toys for grown adults, so it's good fun. Yeah, it's that escapism. You know, you're giving people something to go and do in their free time that just escapes them from the world that can be tough sometimes. That was Jamie Buchanan and Chris Parker Joy. Now, hearing about Hornby and Airfix there has definitely evoked a lot of childhood memories of model trains and scale model kits. But it's the detail to scale and acute engineering details that really bring the final products to life for their customers. And for that, they use Creo. Now, it's time to meet our expert, Brian Thompson, who heads up PTC's CAD division. Brian, Airfix product designers follow the top-down methodology supported by Creo. Can you just explain a little bit about what that actually is? Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me again, Paul. It's great to be here. The top-down design methodology is typically used in CAD to simplify the development of products that have really complex interdependencies and relationships between components, maybe driven by different team members, different groups, and so forth. 
So it's really, really helpful with structuring complex work where there's a lot of groups working across the different product on different timelines and so forth. But in the case of Hornby or Airfix, in fact, they have a vast number of products in the company's portfolio with a lot of similarities and differences that they're trying to develop and manage much more effectively. And the complex interdependencies are more about product portfolio complexity than anything else. And that is really, really powerful for them to be able to use the same technology for complex projects to manage like complex interdependencies across their product portfolio. Really, really cool. What I mean by that in particular is like you can imagine the geometry that Hornby and the Airfix team is developing. It refers often to more than one part that will be developed into a single skeleton model. So across multiple, say, versions of a product line. That's referenced down into individual part files that might vary. And as they change something in the top level model, that will filter down into the child model. So you can really manage significant complexity with this technique, even with the complexity being variations of a particular product family uh, design. So this is the kind of thing that Airfix uses even when they're trying to, say, de-emphasize a particular product in their portfolio, they, they call this concept resting, where they temporarily withdraw a product from the market. But all of the structure and relationships of their product portfolio are still there in their models. And that is really, really valuable for when they re-release a design. They take it out of their resting period because they can sort of re-implement of the design very, very carefully and very easily with all those relationships still there, all the history still there, and the design intent available. So it's a powerful way of handling this multi-dimensional product portfolio that they have with a very, very structured approach. Thanks to Brian and to Chris and Jamie for showing us around Hornby's headquarters. Please rate, review, and subscribe to our bi-weekly third angle episodes wherever you listen to your podcasts and follow ptc on linkedin and twitter for future episodes this is an 1860 production for ptc executive producer is jackie cook sound design and editing by ollie Giu. recording by hannah dean and music by rowan bishop <laughs>